I own it. It did. Women's Wrestling Talk. The number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. And welcome, as always, every Monday to the WOW Superheroes After Show. Of course, I'm your girl, Stephanie Hardy, host and creator of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, color commentator for the Belladonna Division, Battle Club Pro, and Black Girl Magic 2, and of course, host and writer for Women's Wrestling Talk, this wonderful network. But of course, I'm not alone. I am here with the fabulous multi-talented really beautiful awesome and amazing host of in cat we trust and writer for us and all of the things katrina blake how are you cat oh that's really sweet <laughs> i'm okay it's been an exhausting day but i am okay uh it was a super awesome episode uh and i'm happy to be here and talk about it yeah, I'm happy we're here too. And um, our other co-host Emily May um, may or may not be able to pop in today because she is traveling from New Japan. So hopefully she'll be able to come. But if not, you know, it'll just be us two giving the rundown on this solid episode of Wild Superheroes. This is episode ten of this new season, and it's just really cool how the show has evolved. You know, into like over the past ten episodes, and how we've become familiar with all of these different women who are just so really great at what they do in wrestling and also with their personalities and gotten to know how they've, you know, risen above certain adversities in their lives in order to make their dreams come true. And since this is the 10th episode, I think, you know, it's only fair that they have a really stellar main event at the end, which we will get to, which was involving um, the end or the finals of the WOW Tag Team title tournament between um, the Tonga Twins and Miami Sweet Heat. And it was the first time ever in history a women's tag team made up of 
two sets of twins um, ever took place. And we're going to talk about that towards the end of the show. But it was still a stellar show. So, Katrina, how did you feel about the show overall? I thought it was actually really, uh, like, we've been looking for it for the finals uh, since we kind of had an idea that it would be who it was uh, in the finals. And I thought it was really unique uh, concept to have uh, twin versus twin, sister versus sisters. And so that in itself was already something I've been looking forward to. And then we also had some like super awesome matches and also um, our Women's Wrestling Talk alum, uh, Sarah, also known as Razor. And so, you know, I, I love that she had a lot of camera time. And I was like, yes, you know, for us women wrestling talk represent. And so that was also awesome. So I thought it was a really good episode. Yeah, me too. It's so funny. You said sister. You said sisters twice. And, and the first thing that popped into my head was sister, sister. Oh, my God. I'm such a 90s kid. But yeah, like shout out to Tia and Tamara. But <laughs> like I said, we'll get to that at the end. And it is great that we did get to see Razor. Um chop it up in the ring and also on the microphone and basically they started off the in-ring action on this episode so it was really good and it was really cool to see her um get it on in the ring and also on the mic too so this episode started the 10th episode of wow superheroes started with um a recap um of the action that went down between wrecking ball who made her debut a few weeks ago and their and her match against Raina del rey who sent out an open challenge saying that she'll fight anybody in the ring because of course she was still angry from losing her title opportunity against tormenta and the beast because the beast of course retained but she sustained an injury so they recapped how these two got to fight outside in the um in the audience and stuff. But somehow or another, we never saw them again, you know, for the rest of the episode after that. So I thought that was really funny how they gave a recap into that, but yet didn't, you know, has has yet to give us a payoff for that. But either way, that's what happened there. And they told us that the Beast will be, you know, making her return, I believe, next weekend. So the Beast, the WoW World Champion, will be making her stellar return. And I am so glad because I have missed her. But tell us in the comments if you have, you know, missed the Beast. And basically, who do you think? Well, we do know. We have an idea. Who's going to be facing her next um, in the meantime, in between time. And also, if you watch this episode of WoW, please, you know, let you, let us know in the comments and let us know how you felt about certain matches or where you think the direction of the show is going to go. But basically, the in-ring action um, started with a six-woman tag team match between the Heavy Metal Sisters with Razor and Fury um, in the ring with, of course, Mesmeriah, you know, wa watching from um, the corner and Chantilly Chella. Randy Rara and Coach Campanelli. This is a very unlikely team. This is a team that I wasn't, you know, expecting to get together um, as a as a three woman tag. But either way, they were a pretty okay team for the most part, um, outside of some miscommunications. But a very spirited team nonetheless. Because when you think of Chantilly Cello, who likes to dance around and have all kinds of fun, and then you have Randy Rara, who's of course a cheerleader, and then you got Coach Campanelli, who's just trying to tell everybody what to do. You have a pretty nice little you know, combination there. But then you have the heavy metal sisters who came out head banging and stuff or whatever. And on commentary, the hilarious part was hearing 
David McLean asked AJ if she would ever headbang. And she was like, look, I have a serious neck injury. I can't be doing that. So <laughs> that was pretty nice and um, cute or whatever. But she did admit that the heavy metal sisters were look like women that she went to high school with that she kind of wanted to hang out with, but never really did because she was an introvert and kind of stayed to herself in high school and tried to make good grades and followed the rules until, of course, class was over. So AJ Mendez was a good girl and a bad girl in high school. That's what we've, you know, learned about her. But in the meantime, this match was pretty good um, for what it was. Um, the heavy metal sisters really did bring a lot of action, of course, with their um hard hitting stuff and also with um Fury utilizing her thighs to sort of mash up against um, Randy Rara as they were making their entrance. It's almost like the um, team spirit, I'm going to call them that, couldn't really make their entrance for real, for real, because they got attacked by the heavy metal sisters almost immediately. But in the midst of that, um, Randy Rara started it off and it seemed like she started off really well. But then, of course, Fury and Razor sort of um, took the advantage with a lot of their um, hard hitting moves and stuff. But Randy Rara, of course, added in a lot of her high flying and all of her um, drop kicks or whatever. And then anytime she would tag in um, Chantilly Cella, she would, of course, contribute her um, kickboxing um, abilities and everything to sort of um, give them the upper hand in the match. But I felt where... Um, they kind of fell apart was where Coach Campanelli would try to, you know, insert herself in certain places. And then there was a lot of moments where Randy Rara would try to get the upper hand in the match. But then Coach Campanelli would sort of make it all about her, blow her whistle, you know, at the referee to try to get his attention. But then Fury and Razor sort of would take advantage of that distraction by the referee. And I was just like, Coach, why are you, you know, being it's like it just felt like she was just like being less of a help than than what she needed to be and it made me kind of upset because I'm just like you're really not helping them so in the midst of all of that going on you had lots of great action here but in the end the heavy metal sisters wound up winning um with fury hitting one of her um finishers onto Chantilly Cella and after they won the match they cut a promo and all three of them sounded really good, especially Razor, our um, women's wrestling talk sister, on the microphone. She sounded really clear and concise. And they basically made it clear that whoever wins the tag titles, they are coming after them. Like, they don't care who it is or who has the titles or whatever. They are going to come next after them. So that was made clear. And then they basically had another headbang to celebrate. So, Katrina, how did you feel about this match and the teamwork of Team Spirit um, and basically the Heavy Metal Sisters declaration after the match was over? Uh, I thought it was solid. Um, I was a little annoyed with Coach Capanoli as well because there was even, I think, a moment, I think, when there was a tag that was supposed to be happening and she kind of backed away a little bit. And I'm like, sis, if she's, like, reaching out to tag you, that Chantilly had to kind of make sure she was out enough to get Randy's tag. And I was a little like, but why, like, why are we being weird about this? Um, you know, you supposedly have this relationship, at least with Randy Rava enough. And I, I thought her and Chantilly teamed up before. And so it was just like, it's not like this was just like you guys were kind of thrown. I feel like you guys over the weeks have, uh, the episodes have built 
enough of a, you know, between each other that you guys should at least be able to work together. So it was a little odd that I did feel like she kind of was a hindrance instead of a, a, an asset. And that kind of annoyed me because it was just a, it's such a weird thing, knowing that the Harry Meadows sisters, because they have been together for so long, that they have really good team chemistry. And if you're trying to beat them, there shouldn't be, uh, you know, all of this uh, weirdness. So that did kind of annoy me, but I'm, I was good with the win. I loved uh, Sarah. Again, it's always nice to see her uh, on there. But um, I'm listen, they're, are, they're stable. And, you know, the New Day was able to pull off tag team titles with three. So it's very possible that, you know, if whoever, you know, is coming and they decide to come and take some titles, well, it's possible that it could work just as well because New Day was able to pull that off with three guys sharing a set of belts. It was never like it was one or two. It was always not the weird group. These are our titles. And I always loved one of the things I always loved about the New Day. And so I feel like very, very well, this can be the same situation where it's like this is our boat as as the three of us as a unit. So I'm excited for that. Um, I like the confidence. I like, you know, what they said. And I like the little mini celebrations. Good stuff. Yeah, it really was good stuff. And I wonder if the free bird rule would work. <laughs> and wow, like, cause it's just like, it seems to work everyone else, everywhere else. And then you have the New Day, who, um, in my opinion, is one of the greatest, if not the greatest faction of all time. Um, come at me, bro. We'll fight about it another day. Um, they did utilize the free bird rule and sort of, you know, reveal that and sort of expose that to um, modern day wrestling fans who might not have known about that in the past. So if the heavy metal sisters were to go after the titles, you know, it's very, it's very likely that they could utilize that and the entire faction, you know, could be champions, you know, who's to say, but you know, either way, this was a really good showing from them. There was a whole lot of um, really solid action here. There was even one point where there were lots of, there was even like a submission that Fury put onto Randy Rara. Like it was kind of like a PTO that sort of put you in the minds of what Soraya used to do um, when she was in WWE. And speaking of her being, um, making her come back to women's wrestling in terms of AEW this past weekend. Congratulations to her. Like it was just lots of impressive stuff here, but I'm really glad that the heavy metal sisters, you know, did win um, and just are continuing to sort of blaze their own trail towards the tag champs. So after that match took place, we had a little bit of a backstage segment involving Candy Crush sort of continuing the mystery of her missing gloves. Um, and so while she was looking for her missing glove, she was asking, you know, basically all the superheroes she ran into backstage if they had seen them. And she ran like she ran into so many people and they kept telling her, no, we haven't seen them, but I'll be on the lookout for him. She asked Tiki Chamorro. She asked basically everybody, you know, if she had seen them. But then she ran into Chainsaw backstage and she was just like, you know, like, get away from me. And it was creepy. But either way, you know, she even asked her. And then she ran up on BK Rhythm and Glitch the Gamer and asked them. But when she was sort of asking them in a very forceful way, they didn't appreciate it. And they acted like they was going to get ready to jump her, to which she didn't respond well to that. And then she walked away. But then they, but then after Candy walked away, she fist bumped. It's like they fist bumped each other together. And I'm just sitting here like, mm, that's interesting that y'all would do that in terms of sort of like bullying her and then you're fist bumping afterwards. So are y'all trying to tell me that y'all could be suspects 
And that is something that I did live tweet while I was watching it. I was just like, so I made a list of the top four suspects in the case of the missing gloves. I'm treating this like a detective here, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so I basically said that number one is Steffi Slays because, of course, you know, she was... Um, she was the one who led Kita Rush away from the locker room as they, you know, hugged each other and talked about, you know, how come they're not a team anymore and was very emotional and stuff like that when Candy noticed that the gloves were missing last week. Then number two, we have Kita Rush, who was tag teaming with um, Candy Crush, you know, and she was back there with her, but then she left. But then you can't really take her out of the equation either and now we can add glitch the gamer and bk rhythm you know to the list of suspects who have stolen candy crush's boxing gloves given to her by her late grandma so yeah those are all of my suspects you know into who could have stolen them but katrina what do you think about this situation as it gets a little bit more tricky and sticky see i feel like situations like that it could be easy to blame the person that's the most like it uh, that most likely could have done it. But I'm hoping that they're go whole 180 on us and it be somebody that we were like, like, oh wow, you was the one who I, I want it to be one that I'm truly like, oh damn, and then have a good reason for it. But I feel like we expect the heel type characters to do bad things. We expect that. Um you know, but I think it will be even more of her, especially because she has this whole, like, my grandma, and I'm kind of having this on me when I'm wrestling every time. It'll be more, like, painful to take that if it's from somebody you least expect, and so that's what I'm hoping that they do, honestly. Uh, but we'll see. I, I feel like it, this could be, or maybe people know about it. Maybe that's why there was a fist bump. Like, maybe they know who did it, but it didn't say anything. I mean, it could be a few things. So I don't know, but we'll see, I guess, when it's revealed who took them. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like, if it was a situation where it's revealed to be somebody who you least expect, that would be a little bit more intriguing. Because even though I hate to put them on the list, as much as I love Steffi Slays and Keita Rush, it's like you can't really, like, count them out either. Because those were the last, those were really the first two you saw, you know, in that situation when Candy was looking for them, you know, after she finished, you know, taking a shower. So it's kind of hard to not, factor them into that equation but you know we just gotta wait and see you know how it unfolds but either way whoever has her gloves really needs to give them back because you ain't got no business touching stuff that ain't yours like you really ain't got no business doing that and if you grown why are you playing them these kid games like either you share or you give them back like stop it um but either way like i just think it's very unfortunate but hopefully we'll find out in the coming weeks who took candy crush's gloves so, yeah, in the comments, you know, if you did watch this episode, please let us know who you think took them and, you know, just sound off. Don't be afraid to let us know who you think took them. So moving back to the in-ring action, we had another stuff. We had a stellar, you know, singles match between Adriana Gambino and Steffi Slays, of course, who is number one on my suspects list, like I just mentioned. Um <laughs> But is someone who I have grown to love, you know, for obvious reasons, because, you know, name twin. So this match was one that I really enjoyed because here again, you got to see more of Adriana Gambino um, and her in-ring work. But then you also got to see a lot more of Steffi Slays, who the commentary did put over more and more as a WOW OG. 
And this match, I really enjoyed. And then, of course, you know, um, AJ had to big up the fact that Adriana Gambino is from um, New Jersey. And she was talking to Stephen Dickey and said, yeah, did you know I'm from New Jersey? And he was like, no, I did not. And I'm just like, bro, you mention it every week, AJ. <laughs> you mention it every other week. Every time she come out here, you be like, uh-oh, New Jersey, what's up? You know, but either way, it's, it's funny how she just... Puts it in there. <laughs> but either way, this match was still really good. Um, I loved Adriana and how she was using a lot of her stretching and stuff, um, like into splits and also into kicks and everything. And they talked about how she has a past ballet background, which I think really does play a factor in all the ways in which she can be athletic with her legs and thighs and stuff in the ring. Like, I did not know she used to be a ballerina, so I thought that was really cool. Um, you also had another impressive spot where she hit a um she hit a fisherman neck breaker onto Steffi Slays, and then she hit a guillotine on the second rope onto Steffi Slays. And it was a couple of moments where I did not know if Steffi was going to pull out the win, but she never did give up because that's what we do as Stephanie's. We just never give up. Like even when, even in the hardest times, we kick, we keep kicking out it too, and we keep fighting until we can't no more. So. Even with, you know, the bow and arrow stretch and all the other moves that Adriana kept hitting on Steffi, she kept fighting out. There was a, like, Steffi hit all kinds of amazing moves, like a hip toss to Adriana Gambino, um, drop kicks and clotheslines and all of the above. Like, it was really good. And in the end, Steffi wound up winning, which is something I have been pushing for since this show came on. Her winning team Stephanie gets a win. Yes, I was so glad. Like, come on. I was so happy for her. But because folks be hating, we didn't get a chance to celebrate that long <laughs> because Adriana's buddy, Gigi Gianni, came out there and jumped her from behind. And I was like, dang. How come we can't celebrate nothing? It's like folks always get jumped from behind whenever they're celebrating something. But at least it happened after the match was over. Um, but, yeah, she jumped her from behind. And just when it looked like all hope was lost, guess who came to her rescue? Her bestie, her bully buster bestie, um, Keita Rush. So they came out and fought the both of them off and everything. And then Adriana and Gigi left the ring and pretended like they didn't want any of them once the odds were evened up or whatever. But either way, it was still a strong showing, you know, for a reunited Bully Busters tag team. But either way, it was still cool to see Steffi get the win. Jesus, yes. Finally. So how did you feel about this match and um, Steffi finally getting the win? I thought it was good. I, I did see that it seemed like Steffi was using a little bit more in the arsenal, which is always good to see. Uh, and, you know, it's been a little rough with some of her matches, not in her work, but rather like the outcomes. Uh, and so it was nice for her to kind of get her win. And, you know, I know AJ liked to hype up Adriana because Jersey, I mean, I guess. But I'm like, <laughs> I say this every time when people in Jersey, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, I guess. Um, so I get all of that, and that's perfectly fine to the neighbor, my state neighbor, uh, and everything. But it, it was kind of nice to see Steffi uh, 
finally kind of get a win where it was like no shenanigans. And, and granted, she didn't get to celebrate long, but I'll take a win. A win is a win. And so I'll take it. Um, and so that was cool. I, I, I think she, you know, was able to kind of use more of her style differently. And I think that might have helped uh, that she kind of showcased that more than all the matches we've seen her in so far. So I thought it was a solid match. I'm glad with the, I was actually okay with her winning. Uh, it's unfortunate she couldn't really celebrate, but like now you got to win in your tally for a while so far. And so hopefully that trajectory with her continues. Yes, definitely. I really hope it does continue because they were bigging her up and saying that she could very well qualify to be wild world champion. And I feel like who's been such a consistent OG, especially um, with her being, you know, in the tag team for so long and then juggling all the school stuff as well as being a wild superhero. Like, I can't imagine them not giving her an opportunity, you know, for the title. I just can't imagine that. She's just so awesome. And then, of course, they talked about how nice she is as a person and just how genuinely sweet she is and stuff and how she um, has a glow from within because she, or she's so beautiful. Um, bless you. She's so beautiful from within and stuff. So I was just like, you know what, y'all? I like this. I like y'all big up Steffi. I love it. I really love it. So shout out to Team Stephanie. We winning. We winning. We winning. It may take a while, but we winning. But yes, I'm really glad. So congrats to her. And of course, you know, it's great to see her and her best friend, you know, sort of get back together. I don't know if they'll reunite as a tag team, but either way, it's still nice that she won. So after that, we went backstage again and we huh, had to see all of the beautiful digs and stuff of Penelope Pink and Lana Starr and of course they were back there you know glamming up or whatever in this really pretty room that sort of puts you in the mind of a Barbie dollhouse where everything's pink and everything you know has all these does these light up mirrors and stuff like that they got makeup everywhere you know boas everywhere you know all the beautiful girly things and of course they were back there you know bragging on you know her momentum so far because of course she did beat even though she cheated she beat um commander spars and everything and she said and of course um lana was saying after you win this you know you will have an opportunity to face um the wow world champion as the number one contender and stuff like that and penelope you know is just going forward with her diabolical plan as lana star's new protege so after that point, um, they showed another feature on um, Foxy Fierce, who she was going on to face. And it was really nice to see and hear more from her and stuff like that. So it was really cool. So this led into their match for the number one contendership for the Wild World title. And this match was pretty good for the most part. You got to see more of the toughness of Foxy Fierce um, while also seeing more of the underhanded tactics of Penelope Pink. And it just doesn't feel feel fair for me to have to watch Penelope Pink, you know, try to rise, rise up to the top while she's consistently cheating and utilizing Lana Star out there. Like it irritated me because you see all this toughness from Foxy Fierce, who of course, you know, also mentioned, they mentioned on um, commentary that one of her inspirations is Pam Greer, which I think it's really funny because that's kind of, you know, leads into her character of being like this beautiful um, 70s skater girl, which is really cute. 
um and stuff and i just never thought i would ever hear pam greer you know in wrestling smash together like that but here we are in the today of things and it's cute um shout out to pam greer though you know she's an icon um but yeah it's just with all the toughness and the resilience that um foxy was showing it just seemed like penelope was pretty tough and she was you know beating her up and stuff while also insulting her but then at the same time every time it seemed like foxy fierce was fighting back with a lot of her high flying moves and a lot of her flip a lot of her flips and drop kicks and everything it was just kind of like Lana Star was always there to try to slow that momentum down by grabbing her hair or grabbing onto Penelope Pink anytime Foxy Fierce tried to hit a move on her. It was just, it just felt really one-sided to me. And in the end, Penelope Pink wound up winning. And I was just like, no. And then when Lana Star grabbed a hold of Penelope Pink's ankles to try to stop the momentum of Foxy Fierce, the referee saw it. And didn't do anything. Didn't do anything. And even though I know that technically maybe that wouldn't count as a DQ or whatever. But my thing is, if you see this person is interfering, why don't you eject them? This is the second time this has happened in a match with Penelope Pink. Because this happened with Commander Spars. It's just like these referees see what's going on and don't do nothing about it. And my issue is it's like you have David McClain, who is the owner and also on commentary. It's like you pull out your microphone to say all kinds of stuff and have all kinds of interviews with everybody else. And you say things about everything else. But then when stuff like that happens, you don't say nothing. Sweetheart, use your power. Use your power and say something and call her on it. Restart the matches if you have to. But it is not fair to watch somebody, you know, who is good and doesn't need to cheat, constantly cheat. Like, it's stupid. And it's really and it's really also on the referee's part because it's like you see this stuff and then you don't seek to stop it. Like, call it down the middle. Because I am more than sure if it was Foxy Fierce, you or if it was Commander Spars, you would have called them out immediately and told them that they can't do that. It's rude. It's it's dumb. Like, Lana Starr needs to be ejected. Either she needs to be ejected or you need to make it so she can't come out there, you know, to be her support system. If Penelope Pink wants to be all big and bad, you know, like she says she is because, of course, she's from Detroit and all this other stuff. Let her be big and bad by herself. But let me stop ranting. Katrina, how did you feel about this? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of felt like as soon as we saw Lana uh, in the beginning uh she was gonna interfere I, I just like she seemed very smirky uh when they kept like showing it. i was like oh you gotta you gotta you gotta start and so she did i didn't understand once again why the referee allowed that and didn't say anything because it was like it wasn't like a sneaky like it was done blatantly it wasn't like where you try to do it sneakily when the referee can't see you. it was right in front of the ref and the ref just like and i'm like do you not know how to do your job like, should I teach you how to do your job as a referee? And I don't know how to referee, but even I know that usually that's a problem if it's seen. Or if you don't object her, you'll be like, no, chill. It was just nothing. And I'm not sure why they're doing that. I don't know if they're trying to imply that she's, like, paying people off. But it was it was, it was a really weird thing, um, you know, that 
she was able to do that two weeks in a row or like two, the last two appearances in a row and she, nothing happened. And then in turn, because she did that, the opponent lost. And especially since I liked the, this background about uh, Foxy. And so it was like, I wanted to see, you know, her win. And so I was kind of annoyed because it was just like, how y'all keep letting this happen? And then you're saying you're supposed to be the best, but you can't do anything by yourself. You know, I'm real good on that. Don't be acting like you know how to do stuff if you're do, you can't do the win by yourself. Uh, so I was kind of annoyed uh, with that, and I was annoyed that she lost because it was just like, so we didn't see what I saw, like, we're not seeing the same thing. Uh, so yeah, but that's my thoughts, I guess, on that matchup, at least. And then on top of that, I know that Lana Starr is doing the thing that managers have been historically doing for years. I know this. Um, as a wrestling fan, I know that this is what managers do, but I literally feel like if you're a manager and if you, and if you truly believe in the abilities of the person that you're managing or of the person that you're guiding, you know, towards success, you have to trust them if you really want them, you know, to be at the top instead of, you know, just doing, you know, anything and everything for them to get to the top and cheating or whatever. Like, I feel like when you do stuff like that, it's low-key giving that you really don't believe in them. Or you really think, oh, well, they need help, so let me do this because, you know, they can't do anything themselves. No. Even, and I know, um, now, well, I don't know because, of course, I've never been a parent, but from what I can gather, when you are a parent or when you're a mentor and you're guiding somebody, there comes a day where that person as a young child or a young person that you're mentoring or whatever has to know how to stand on their own two feet. They have to know that everything that you've taught them will carry them through the rest of their lives or the rest of their career or whatnot. And it just doesn't seem like Lana Starr is doing that. And I understand there's only been 10 episodes in this iteration of WoW, so she still has a long way to go. But considering this match was also for the number one contendership to face um, the Beast for the WoW world title, them little games ain't gonna work going up against somebody as imposing and as tough as the Beast. You may be this pretty girl and yeah, you may be, you know, slated to be on top of the world and everything with a, with the likes of Lana Star, but you can't be cheating and be expecting Lana to do everything for you going up against the beast. You're going to have to put your big girl draws on and actually face off against this woman, woman to woman, put your boots on the line and actually fight her. You claim you tough and you big and bad because, you know, you from Motown or whatever. But when you get in that ring, you're going to have to put up some Motown stuff. Like, for real, don't be acting like no shade. Don't be acting like A Atlantic Records. Don't be acting like Republic Records. Like, you're going to have to show some Motown toughness, okay? And if you ain't got it, then you're not going to win that title. And that's just the truth. But, you know... It's cute that you've, you know, cheated against these other two women of color. But let's be real. The Beast is not, you know, your average every day. That's why they call her the Beast. The Beast will toss her around. She will toss her and Lana Star around if necessary in order to keep that title. So she better get ready. But either way um after that we go to our main event it's a pretty short um but sweet episode but basically we go to our main event which was of course the historic 
finals of the tag team tournament um, for the wild tag team titles between the Tonga Twins and Miami Sweet Heat. And of course, these are the first sets of twins to ever fight for a title. They were bigging that up all week on social media. They've been bigging it up. It's been really cool to see, you know, how important this is, you know, for women's um, wrestling history and just the history of wrestling as a whole. This was really cool um, in the early goings of it. Um, as you can see, there was so much toughness that the Tonga Twins were able to show in this match. But in but then you also have the tag team mechanics of Miami Sweet Heat that were highly on display in this match as well. Like there were a couple of moments where... Miami Sweet Heat were jumping in and out of the ring, you know, showing all of their prowess and chemistry as a tag team. But then you also had a little bit of the power dynamic of the Tonga Twins. But then it seemed like their slowness was sort of, you know, catching up with them. And a lot of the agility of um, Miami Sweet Heat was able to sort of get the upper hand on them. There was even one moment where Miami Sweet Heat actually jumped out um, with with a double suicide dive on the both of them, and it was really cool. Like, this match was really good back and forth. And it was hard to tell, really, who could have won, even though we were, you know, really bigging up the Tonga Twins to win it all um, due to their power. But just when it looked like we were going to have, like, a definite ending, guess what happens, people? It gets interrupted by Holidad and Chainsaw with Siren the Voodoo Doll. So not only was Chainsaw freaking um, Candy Crush out while she was finding her gloves, she proceeded to interrupt the match with her partner Holidad, which caused for a disqualification because this referee was actually doing their job. And... This caused a DQ, and they started brawling in the middle of the ring, and this was where WoW went off. This disappointed me. I'm not going to lie. It made me angry. I didn't like it because I wanted a clear-cut winner, okay, because this is a tournament. These two made it to the finals. They fought the best of the best to get to the finals, and I wanted a definite winner, but that's not what we got, and I was upset about that. So. What they did insinuate, though, is that next week these three teams might be fighting for the titles, but I almost feel like Holiday and Chainsaw should not be in contention to fight for the titles simply because they did not beat everybody in the tournament. They got beat in the tournament, so they shouldn't get a chance. But I guess this is maybe how they're going to do it next weekend. I don't know. But Katrina, how did you feel about this match and the trajectory of it? And who did you really think was going to win as you watched the action? And how did you feel about that ending? Controversial. Uh, I was actually annoyed as well because they'd hyped it up. Again, I had a feeling it was going to be these two teams from the very beginning. I've said this. Uh, I was like, this is too good of a moment to not have it be sisters versus sisters. And so I already thought they were making it to the finals from the very beginning. And I, as I've said, I thought the Tonga Twins, and this is nothing against Miami Sweet and I they're good but I felt like because the Tonga Twins was very dominating that they kind of had this in the bag and so the hype it up the way it was all week like the, the nice image like ooh, it's like historic and I'm like yes you know like hype to women you don't get too many women 
that sisters or twins really like in a situation like this, but to have two in the same promotion, very, very, very rare. And so I was like, yes, we get to see this. And then for it to end like that, I was just like, really? I was actually really irritated by that um, just because of how insignificant it was supposed to be. And I made it, I made it feel to me that all of that kind of went out the window because they was interfered. You know, I would have rather done better interference before we got to the finals, like something that maybe it would have deteriorated a little bit, but then we still get the final match. To build it up to this way where it was like, oh, every time people was figuring, like I said, I already thought it was going to be those two teams. And then like this is historic sister twin versus twins. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? And then it's like that. I, I felt it was kind of cheap in a way. And it was unfortunate because I was hype for this all week, like hype. Like, oh, I can't wait to see who's really going to, like, come off with the tag titles, especially when it was all the controversy with Jesse, you know, saying that she never lost the title and that she. So from the very beginning, there was already other things. So the fact that these two teams were able to beat every team that they faced and do so in a way that wasn't shady or anything, they should have had their time to really shine and show everybody else who might have never seen them before or whatever the case may be, why they were where they were and how they got there. And I felt like doing that completely cheapened what was supposed to be a super awesome moment. And so it was unfortunate. And again, this is nothing against Holla Dead uh, in anything because I think she's super cool. But I felt like them throw, getting thrown into the matches, so should everybody else who lost the tournament get thrown into the match too? Because there were plenty of other teams throughout this tournament in that case would feel like, oh, I deserve it. Like Jesse said she never even lost her belt. So does she mean she could pop back in and get a new partner and be like, well, I could pop myself back in because they did this? And so I just felt like it kind of cheapened what was supposed to be really like memorable. And that kind of bothered me. So like I still thought Tonga Twins was going to win, but I was just still like over it after that. So I was just like, no, you guys, this was the moment to really show and they I felt like they totally dropped the ball honestly I absolutely agree with that I share that sentiment it does cheapen you know what was supposed to be a historic main event that they were beef, beefing up all this time and then with all the controversy I'm glad you mentioned all of that it's just like with all the controversy you know with Jesse Jones talking about how she never lost her titles and how she kept signing up for new with new partners every you know couple of weeks or whatever all of that rigmarole and then it's just like they still wound up beating her and then it's just like they wound up beating you know Holiday and um Chainsaw and they made it to the tournament and it's just like with Miami Sweet Heat and with the Tonga Twins, they've been consistent with every single match. They've been consistent. Um, and it's like I said earlier, they face off against the best of the best. And for them to have interrupted it, it would it really did cheapen it. Like, and everybody, I hope that they don't do it to where everybody can jump in like that. Like, no, that's not fair. So ultimately, what I hope is that this that if they do do what I think they're going to do, which looks like from the previews, a triple threat match, then it's just a triple threat match for the wild titles and whoever earns them and whoever wins them will actually have earned. them. And I still say the Tonga twins might win like either way. Like I'm still riding with the Tonga twins um, the whole way through. So that's really how I feel about it. But it re it really did bum me out that that's how that ended. It really did bum me out. I was really sad about that. 
But either way, it was still stellar women's wrestling action all around. This was a really good episode. It was, you know, of course, it was it really helped that this was the 10th episode and it was still really solid and really good. So either way, I still like the episode. So now we've reached the end of our time together. So thank you guys um, for watching us on all of our platforms and for talking about um, WoW superheroes. And even if you didn't get a chance to, there is always next time. And of course, I hope that you are watching and supporting WoW superheroes wherever you are and keeping those ratings up. Even though I know this Saturday, it was kind of a, you know, a battle between, but not really a battle, between WoW superheroes and AEW full gear or whatever. Um, I still hope that you still were able to give wild superheroes your time and even though you couldn't watch it you know on that saturday you know still watch them on their youtube channel because they do be posting their matches on their youtube channel um on monday so please check that out um but yeah continue to support women's wrestling if you really do love it so katrina thank you so much for joining me on tonight i know it's pretty tiresome because it is monday and stuff but thank you for joining me anyway so tell everybody where they can find and follow you and what you've got going on i can be found on most social media platforms and cat we trust uh TikTok, twitter and instagram to eat is a three um pretty much the most current thing will be in a week uh or about a week and a half uh i'll be at la comic con uh doing behind the magic women of color wrestling panel uh with uh stephanie and our lovely boss tk as well as sarah and uh ring signed Ray k rain cruz who's at summer slam at wwe in 2021 and so super excited about that uh first trip to Cali. Uh, and so catch me there. As far as my other stuff, it is on my channel. I am posting actually one of the interviews I did at Welcome to the Bronx show actually tonight. And so it will be up soon. Uh, and you guys can check that quick interview, um, post interview with uh, Speedball, Mike, uh, Speedball Mike Bailey from Impact Wrestling. Uh, super awesome dude. Uh, but yeah, that's what's happening on my end. Good. And I will also say, um, well, first of all, before I get to that point, you can find and follow me, um, Stephanie Hardy, on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy. And of course, you can um, support me by listening to my podcast, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast, everywhere you get your shows, especially on YouTube, considering I am making the transition to doing audio and video episodes of my podcast. So please check that out. And also, since I've started my season five, um, Katrina is on my first episode for season five. So please check that out on YouTube. And also you can listen to the audio everywhere. Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, um, iHeartRadio, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast, you can find it. So please check that out and follow the podcast on Twitter at Hardy WrestlePod and also on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast. So please check that out if you will. And of course, Katrina did mention that I will be in LA um, for LA Comic Con. I'm really excited, really pumped about it. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a really cool time. We're going to have a time and it's going to be great. And we're going to talk about women, um, being women of color in wrestling and just continue to um, support us and show us love. But while you're showing us love, continue to follow and support Women's Wrestling Talk on Instagram and Twitter at www.talkpod. Check out our website at www.talkpod.com. Check out our merch, interviews, articles, and basically everything we've got going on. Please check that out. Um, and also, 
please follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube and on Twitch. And also check out this interview that we're about to have with Misa Kate um, in another hour or so with me and Shay Sawyer. Please check that out as well. And just continue to support us as we continue to lift up women's wrestling all around. So with that in mind, this has been the Wow After Show on Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. And until next time, bye, y'all. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.